You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of naturopathic earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today as we're listening to the dying numbers of Nine Inch Nails. I am drinking my chai black tea on this autumnal day. And we're going to talk about sleep divorce. <gasps> what does this mean? Is this a divorce that occurs when you surf papers when, in the middle of the night when you're asleep? No, this is not that. Sleep divorce makes honestly complete sense. And I can see why couples are doing this. So let's get to it. We're going to be gleaning off the Washingtonian. And the title of sleep divorce is a thing, and it's on the rise. For couples who don't sleep well together, the stigma of separate beds may be changing. The reason I wanted to do this topic is because I read an article about Carson Daly, who, who I remember, and some of you millennials and Gen Xers would remember as being the host of Total Request Live or TRL on MTV. And I read an article about how he and his wife, who's currently pregnant, sleep in separate rooms. And that's where I heard about the actual term sleep divorce. Now, sleep divorce actually has been around for some time, but we'll get that to the end of this article. Sleeping together is a euphemism, an expectation, and for married couples, a given. When you love somebody, it's just what you do. Equally telling, when that somebody screws up, he or she is exiled to the couch. I'm never exiled to the couch. That's, it. That's what we would call a shit test. A shit test is when... A woman tells you, you got to go sleep on the couch. No, I, I, I never sleep on the couch. You're going to get your butt onto the couch, not me. So this nightly ritual serves as a ref, relationship referendum, supposedly. Well, we have a lot of beliefs about the meaning of the marital bed, but until recently, we had virtually no science on the subject, said Wendy Troxell, senior behavioral and social scientist at the Rand Corporation. Quote, there's a lot of shame about what if my partner and I choose to sleep apart? That's a cultural shame with no scientific backing. Close quote. Do people sleep better when they sleep together? Technically, no. Troxel says, quote, when sleep is measured objectively in couples, people sleep a bit worse when they share a bed. Troxel says, because, well, other people are disruptive, right? You guys are like sharing the sheets. Your partner likes to be an enchilada and wrap all the sheets around and then you have no sheets and then you pull on the sheets and then that wakes them up. We've all we've all had these, right? For straight couples, this fact is exacerbated by differences in sensitivities and health. Men are more likely to have certain sleep disorders such as sleep apnea and snoring while women are more vulnerable to insomnia. So their threshold for being awakened by a partner could be lower, close quote. The latest data reveals that sleeping apart, or as we call it now, sleep divorce, is more common than the culture would have you believe. According to the National Sleep Foundation, 12% of married couples sleep in separate beds. I, I would say that number is much higher if you, if you take into account older people, older married couples, 50s, 60s, 70s. I know my parents, before my father passed away, 
about a decade ago, he was sleeping in a separate room for a good 10 years and the boy had apnea and he snored. And I don't know if he agreed to move to another room or my mom did, but they did. And I don't think they had a problem with it. She slept better. He, I don't know, he'd ever slept well because he had really bad apnea. And ultimately I think that's what led to his, his death. Uh, he didn't really like the CPAP machine. And those who have apnea guys, just in case you don't know this, if you have apnea and you're not using the the CPAP machine, you you do have a lower life expectancy. It does increase your chances of having cardiovascular accidents. So I think when you take into account older people, I think it's much more than 12%. A mattress company's recent survey of 3,000 people found that 31% of married couples wish they could file for a sleep divorce. I love I love the, the, the credence given to a mattress company survey. For those who can't afford to live that dream, Dual master bedrooms are on the rise. In 2017, Architectural Digest called separate sleeping arrangements the hottest new amenity in luxury homes. How is that a new amenity? So this is my point. If you watch, if you watch some of the older shows, Father Knows Best, for example, from the 1950s, uh, My Three Sons. See, some of you guys are way too young to remember this because I'm 45 and I remember back back in the day when I was a child after school, they would show a lot of these sitcoms from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I mean, for example, that's how I watched all the Brady Bunch episodes in Good Times and Three's Company and all these other shows. But back in those early shows, the Donna Reeve show, the couple would sleep in separate twin beds in the same room. And that was considered normal back in the mid 20th century. And I don't know how far back that goes. I know if you watch historical period movies, especially of the aristocracy, you would see that like the king and queen, prince, princesses, they would have set completely separate bedrooms, completely. They'd be married, but they would only go to one of the bedrooms for copulation, right? For sex. And then they would go like, okay, (laughs) I, I hit it and quit it. Now it's time to go to sleep, right? So I'm going to go back to my bed. And that's how it was. That was the norm. And I don't know when that really changed. I know my parents were married in 1962, and I know they had the separate twin beds when they were early in their marriage. They slept in the same room. And then eventually they got their twin beds and pushed them next to each other. And I guess that worked for a little while until they moved to the separate the separate rooms, but that was the norm and it made sense, right? Because you don't have to worry about the sheets, hogging the sheets, stealing the sheets. Uh, you can move in your bed and not necessarily wake up the person that's next to you, especially if you have a creaky, if you don't have a creaky bed. And that, to me, that seemed to work. So I don't know when that ended. I don't know if that was in the seventies or so forth. Cause I know in the Brady bunch can all my, all my references are cultural illusions. Cause you can tell I was a product of television. The Brady bunch, they had one bed. They had one bed. Uh, yeah. Yet Troxel says, when you ask, do you prefer to sleep with your partner or alone? Most will say they prefer to sleep with their partner. She suspects a biological drive is at work. Quote, sleep is evolutionarily an unsafe state to be in. You're lying down, semi-conscious, your eyes are closed. Humans are social and derive a sense of safety from our connection with others. Close quote. Still, that doesn't take away from you could just be in separate beds in the same room. And certainly now with, with I mean, the, the inordinately low crime rate that we have now, I don't think most people are worried that they're going to get uh, some intruder in the middle of the night and you could sleep in separate rooms. I mean, if that was the case, we'd have all of our children sleeping in the same room like we used to for hundreds of years. You know, back in the old days, think of like Charlie in uh, Willy Wonka movie, the Gene Wilder movie. Remember how the four grandparents were all sleeping in the same bed? <laughs> 
in that movie. And uh, but, but back for hundreds of years, right, there everybody slept in one bed. Everybody slept in one room. Right, so you'd have the bed for the parents, and some of the kids would be in there. And then there would be like a, a, a queen size bed for four kids to sleep in. We all slept in the same room, if not in the same bed. So I know this whole idea about how we don't feel comfortable. Uh, I don't know. Then we would have our kids in the same room, and most people don't. The myth that sleeping apart implies a, quote, loveless or sexless union, Troxel says, as well as its inverse, that sleeping together means you're having a successful relationship, damages things a couple is likely to preserve their relationship in their sleep. Quote, when I see this go awry, I see couples feel that this weight of society telling them what they should and shouldn't be doing. But then out of desperation, they make a choice that could be harmful to their relationship. So your partner snores or he has restless leg syndrome or maybe the way she breathes is really annoying. Rather than talk about it, quote, you just get increasingly resentful, Troxel says, yeah, and relocate to a pull-out couch, leaving your other half feeling abandoned or hurt. Apparently, there's no getting around an uncomfortable but honest conversation about what you want and need. And this is all a relationship matters. For what it's worth, Troxel wants you to know. Quote, the literal meaning of sleeping together does not have to equate to the biblical meaning. Thank you, Troxel, close quote. Okay, so look, let, let's go back to loveless or sexless unions. I mentioned this in an earlier episode that the rate of sexless marriages is pretty high. It's about 40% of couples only have sex one time a month or less. Go to that episode I did on sex frequency in long-term relationships. It's probably around episode 180 or so. And I talk about how uh, how little couples in long-term relationships have sex. E- even in their 20s, it's only on average about twice a week. And uh, red pill men will know that one of the, the biggest mistakes you can make is cohabitating because as soon as you cohabitate, uh, there's, there's no more ang- competition anxiety from the woman and therefore she doesn't need to have sex as much with you as when you are living separate. But in general... Sexless marriages are pretty common, especially the older that you get, which makes sense because of hormones and, and other medical conditions and, and so forth. And so you see a lot of couples that, that just don't have sex after you know 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, even or even younger than that. A lot of people think it's the, it's the woman. The woman doesn't want to have sex. In most cases, it typically is uh, either because uh, maybe she's going through hormonal issues or maybe she's using sex as a weapon, which is unfortunate and should never be done in a relationship, right? So it's like, oh, well, you didn't clean up today or you didn't do the, you know, fix the garage. So we're not going to have sex until you do it. Or I didn't like the way you did this. And so they withhold sex. I mean, that's a surefire recipe for estrangement and divorce if you in, in infidelity if you continue to do that. So that's not really a smart thing to do. But it's pretty common to have uh, sexless marriages, especially as you get older. And it's it's relatively common to, to be in separate rooms. So I would say that this uh, sleep divorce thing is perfectly fine. And as she mentions, just communicate about it. Talk about it with your partner. It's like, hey, you know, I know I'm keeping you up with the snoring or because I like to wrap the sheets like an enchilada and I want to be considerate to that. So how about, you know, we snuggle until one of us falls, falls asleep and then I'll, we'll go to the other room and then in the morning, you know, I'll come and snuggle you and give you a little quickie or whatever, you know. And it, it, it's all about communication because like, like she mentions, if, if the guy or the girl frustratingly go to the couch or the other room, then the other person feels hurt and upset and we don't want that. So it's all about good, open communication. And I would say that 
whatever helps maintain your relationship, you should do. And don't listen to necessarily what society is telling you that you need to sleep in in a bed. Like, I mean, you, you look at the old movies too. Like they would sleep in in a queen bed. Like a lot of shows, they would they'd be in a queen bed. And it's like I don't know. Like I I think back at my marriage, and I think we slept in a queen bed. Yeah. You know? early on and then eventually we got a king bed and um not to divide divulge too much facts about my personal life i mean i think since then i've slept in queen beds but it's just yeah once you go king you don't want to go back to queen it's just it's too confined it's too confined so definitely king beds are the way to go if you can if you can afford it and uh, the last thing i want to mention is look Don't feel bad that you guys are not sleeping in the same bed. It's not a big deal. I know people uh, who are like, yeah, yeah, you know, my boyfriend comes over, whatever, and then we do whatever, and then he gets the hell out, and he goes. Because he knows that I don't like to share my bed at night, and he feels the same way. And look, again, it's a communication. If both of you feel that way, then it works out really, really well. Like, I don't particularly like spending the night in a place that's not my house unless it's a hotel and I need white noise and, and, and stuff like that. Go to the episode I did on and on sleep insomnia issues. I think it's like episode 25. But we talk about sleep hygiene and the things that you can do to, to improve your sleep. So like very dark, very cold, for example. Uh, but in general, like, I don't like sleeping in other people's uh bed and I like my independence and freedom and autonomy and I typically already have some insomnia issues so I typically sleep better uh, when I am alone in my bed and I think there are some people who feel that way too and look there's no shame in that and if you look at the stats it's probably better for your relationship if you guys do have a sleep divorce as long as you're openly communicating about it, it's not necessarily a problem. So, guys, if you're currently in a relationship where one of you is kind of resentful toward the other because they snore too loud or what, or, you know, they they tear the sheets from you and all that, sit them down and have an honest conversation with them, and let's remedy this. Let's remedy. It's not something that you have to take up your cross, so to speak, and have to suffer from. Just talk to them about it and see if it can be remedied with good communication guys the website is naturopathic earth go check out all the articles that we have there holistic health articles and, and food recipes if you want to support our endeavor there's several ways you can do do so i have a link for my paypal me account on the episode notes give it a day or so because i never type those out the day the episode comes out i'm always like a day behind but click on that link and boom it just it sends you to paypal and you can Type in $5, whatever, $10, and hit enter, and boom, that's it. It's really it's really fast and quick. It really helps uh, defray the cost because, look, uh, we, have to call, we have to pay for the website. We have to pay for the, the podcast hosting service and, and so forth. So it does cost money. So please be generous there. Another way you can support us is through my books, Confessions of an Obese Child. You can get on Amazon Kindle or Barnes & Noble Nook for two ninety nine. Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior should be coming out probably in a month. I haven't determined the price on that, but support us that way. Also, go to the website, naturopathicearth.com, and you can click on the food recipe articles and then click on the Amazon pictures, and that takes you to Amazon, and anything you buy within 24 hours on Amazon, we get a 2% commission just by you going through our links. Uh, 
Also, if you need some one-on-one -on -one counseling, Clarity FM, click on the link for $1.50 a minute. You can talk to me and we can talk about weight loss management, intersexual dynamics, whatever you want to talk about, aromatherapy, the meaning of life, football, whatever you like to talk about. As always, we have three podcasts. We have Holistic Health News, the Essential Oil and Herbal Apothecary, which just did one on black pepper. And we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which I should be doing an episode pretty soon on that. So please patronize those, subscribe, and post an honest review. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.